you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDamashek.NFL.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Shek. Yeah, it's April, the draft is coming up, the NBA playoffs and NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are about to begin. It's an exciting time and uh, made even more so because here in Studio 66, in just a matter of moments, one of the newest Philadelphia Eagles, Malcolm Jenkins, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, of course, he has a ring on his finger from that experience down in the bayou. Now he is a safety for the Philadelphia Eagles, who appear to be flying high in between 2013 and 2014. A lot of people like this uh, Eagles team. So we're going to visit with him. We'll see what he has to say about this, that, and the other. And then also, we have banked, you may have noticed, at NFL.com slash shooting the shack, we have a bounty a cornucopia and so on of interviews with some of the biggest stars in pro football, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Peterson, Colin Kaepernick, Victor Cruz, Alfred Morris, A.J. Green, Jerry Rice even, the list goes on and on, Franco Harris, if you if you go back to the 70s with your football love. Um, all those are available for you, again, at uh, NFL.com slash shooting the shack, and uh, we'll play you a little tidbit from the conversation with Adrian Peterson in just a little bit. Also, speaking of uh, speaking with uh, big-time running backs, I was out on the red carpet at the MTV Movie Awards on Sunday night with Black Tie. Black Tie, I don't mind telling you, listen, your company is always delightful, but the experience, not so much. What a, what, what a hi-hat we got from show business that night, huh? 
It was uh, it wasn't the turnout we expected, but uh, it happens. You know, well, we no, can... the turnout was there. Here's what happened: is first of all, and spe- you know, while we're on the subject in in broad strokes of movies, let me introduce uh, our guest here in Studio 66 right now. One of my oldest pals in show business. He and I started out in 2006 when Howard Stern left the airwaves to go and do his satellite radio show. Adam Carolla took over the west coast of the uh, of the US of A and David Lee Roth got the east coast apparently i guess the notion was that they were going to vie and see who won and one or the other would take over the entire united states and become the morning show of record and neither one is around at this point. Corolla, of course, continues uh, dot com with his uh, his great daily podcast. And this guy is still doing it. This guy started out working the phone lines. He was answering the phones from uh, from dirty below the liners, answering their their questions about this and that. Very quickly, the talent, the cream rose. He took over and uh, became Corolla's sidekick, and remains there to this very day. He now has a book, Shrinkage. Manhood, marriage, and the tumor that tried to kill me. Here he is, everybody. Brian Bishop is his name, but I call him Bald Brian. What's the poop, fella? How's it going, Dave? Oh, what a pleasure. Muzzle tub on the book, fella. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, big big okay. fan. Hey, can I tell you something? <laughs> big fan? <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before, but uh, listen, it's still uh, I still appreciate it. It's still it. fresh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to kibitz about this book, and you're a USC football guy, you're a Niners guy, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about some some moral and ethical issues that in the, in sports okay. and beyond that I want to... Can't uh, imagine what you want to talk about. But well, I'm, a lot of different okay. things. But real quick, black tie. So we go out there and we talk to Shady McCoy. You know, that was cool. That was nice to talk to Shady about uh, a couple of things. And we talked to Pete Holmes, who's a very funny guy. He has his show. Tall, that's tall great. man. Yeah, I didn't know he was so tall. Strikingly tall man. He's a good 6'3", I think. 6'6". Six six, 6'6". Six, six. Holy yeah. moly. He's that tall? Yeah. Really? I let him know about it. I, I, ne- I never realized he was a tall guy, but he was delightful as he is tall. Um, and then after that, oh, my old friend, my old flame, some say, mm-hmm. the former Mercury girl. Now she's on the Wipeout, oh, Jill Wagner. Jill Wagner was there. Oh, we kibitz. She remembered you, of course. She did remember me. And, oh, I mean, it was we. It was as though we hadn't been apart for these last few years. Black Tie, you witnessed it. Yes, a, a very different story. Why? What do you say that for? Why, just, why would you say that? It was even more so? You don't think that she that she seemed pleased to see me? She seemed uh, like she was like, oh, he's nice. He had, you know, that's the sort of vibe she had. That is absolutely not right. You don't know how you don't listen. Two stories are not jibing at all. I'm the love skunk. You are not black tie. You you could tell that she still hasn't washed off the stink of Damashek. It's hard to get off. You need a a tomato bath. Impossible. (laughs) Impossible even. Um, Before we get to a number of things, and like I say, Malcolm Jenkins will come in here. If we don't get to everything, which I don't imagine we will, Bald, that I want to kibitz with you about, then we'll do it on the back end because Jenkins is doing some fancy TV stuff here Mm. at the NFL Network. So we'll uh, we'll yap with him about the Eagles as much as we possibly can. Real quick, though. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I say you're a Niners fan. The news of the day, Brandon Lloyd to the San Francisco 49ers. This feels like, well, listen, that's how many times is this guy going to get a shot in the league? But the the fact of the matter is, and obviously he's been with the Niners before, but it wasn't very long ago that he was very productive with uh, with the Broncos, at least. It didn't exactly work out with the Patriots. How say you now on the state of the Niners? Because there's also news Kaepernick and a little, it's murky as a, a way to put some, it, uh, I guess. There's been some tumultuous, tumultuous offseason. Um, 
it's tough because I was thinking about this, and the Niners went to the Super Bowl two years ago, and of course I was rooting heavily for them, and it did not quite work out for them. It's really rare that a team goes to the Super Bowl and loses and then makes it back and gets to the top of the mountain within a year or two. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. I don't know if it's ever happened, at least not in recent history. And so I just felt – I'm hoping against hope that the Niners' window is not closing because, you know, the thing that people say is that their stars are coming to the age now where they're going to demand a lot of money. And how do you keep all that talent in-house? Because they have a lot of young stars on their team. Uh, and that's you... really, by the way, the gathering storm. You know, I've oh, been yeah. a guy. I've been the big proponent of 21st century QBs, however you want to, uh, however you want to categorize that group of guys from Andrew Luck and Cam Newton and uh, RG3 and so on. Yeah, that, the thing is, those guys haven't made their 20 million dollar contracts yet, and mm-hmm. that's going to disrupt the rest of the roster. Of course, what's remarkable with Tom Brady making what he makes, although he always is willing to modify his contract, Peyton not as much. He's not as uh, liberal about doing that. But, yes, once you start paying $20 million to one guy on a team of 52, it kind of corrupts the rest of the roster there. That's what's going to happen to the Niners, like you say. Well, let's hope it doesn't. But uh, that is certainly the writing is on the wall. And, and as far as it goes with Alden Smith, you know, he you're at a certain point of fulcrum, if you will, with a player where it's like, if we let this go, we have to let everything go, or we have to draw a line here and – draw the line on on him and so they're sort of at a at a at a, at a, a fulcrum if you will a point a point of no return i fear and i hate to be pessimistic and i'll be a broken record because i've said this several times over the last few weeks i think the niners are due for a regression for exactly what you said they've yeah. made now three straight nfc title game appearances it's not impossible that they could rise back up here but i do think practically navarro bowman's knee was messed up last year yeah. i don't think he bounces back and is immediately the same guy he was especially playing the position he's playing it's not a speed issue rather it's a leverage issue when he oh, yeah. leans up against mass of human beings, he's got that. He's, he's going to be on a reconstructed knee. That's bad news. He's cutting as much as any defensive player, right? With possible exception of safety, but maybe even more so. He's covering tight ends and whatnot. And then also, Justin Smith is that much older, and now this Kaepernick stuff. And then the Jim Harbaugh does he even want to be there? Jazz. If if you if they get up against some adversity early that it has the feel of one of those teams that could just be like this is a mess and we got to start over now not start I, I, over I hope but it doesn't get that bad there's too much not start over place and, but yeah. yeah but you know that they're gonna there are not have a armor, great though. year right the chinks are in the armor um all right so and and there, here come the eagles so that's uh so again i'm looking forward to the eagles are, are for real man they're they're i uh I, I predict them to to make the playoffs and and do it kind of running away. I think they'll they'll. Have I think a they year. yeah. I think they certainly will win that division. And my pick is the Packers to win the Super Bowl. I've really? already made it. That's right. I stick my neck oh, out here in call. April. Well, yeah, they got I, uh, Matt Flynn now. So look out. Yeah, that's that was the the missing the piece. Linchpin. I thought I thought that would be that would be what puts them over the hump here. Um, also, I just wanted to share another yarn. Here's where I knew we were in trouble on the black tie to bounce back to the movie awards. <laughs> I wanted to finish that. Bald Brian is also plug your uh, plug. Pl- Plug the Film Vault. The Film Vault is a podcast where I, me and my partner, Anderson, yap about movies, and we do it in mostly in the form of top five lists. We'll do classic movies and movies you may have forgotten about in uh, weekly top five lists in various categories. The reason I think that's fun is because Bald Brian has seen about as many movies as any guy I've ever known, mm. and Black Tie Behind the Glass has seen as few movies as any <laughs> guy I've ever known. What would you estimate the number at, Black Tie? I say four. 
That's about where I have my number. So we're at the so we're at the MTV Movie Awards, and it wasn't us getting the hi hat; it was everybody. MTV basically did a big bait and switch kind of thing. It seems to me, which is they had their platform set up, so anybody who was in attendance went up and kibitzed with their people, and then everybody else was just left there standing, and you could talk to the cast members of Teen Wolf. For okay. instance, that was well, about what was uh, you, available. You, to you got to talk to the cast, cast members of Team Wolf. Is what you got to do? <laughs> no, I, they were available, but okay. I, as it turned out, uh, that was one call we made on our own. Nah, we don't know that show. We have no idea what it is. We're uh, we're beholden to the classic Michael J. Fox. Yeah, let me know when Styles comes walking down the red carpet. I once did the box score for what uh, Teen Wolf did in the championship game. He had a triple double. I once went through the picture and 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 kept score on what he did. That might have been his first uh, game with double digit assists. Because remember. He was the ball hawk. Yeah, he was. That was yeah. his last game. Yeah. He also, it turns out, uh, the film, produ- I mean, the uh, production value on that picture Not wasn't high. exactly the highest. Not high. I wonder if they had no one on the set who knew how to make a layup because it would because it appears when you go back and look at it that they loop the exact same basket or maybe they have two versions of a layup of the same layup yeah close up of a layup where you don't see the hand or anything else you just see the ball go through the hoop i think they only have two of those and they just repeat it over and over again i don't the game i don't think the gameplay was the strong suit of that film i remember wasn't chubbs eating a candy bar on on court at one point i'm pretty sure he was actually eating a lot to overcome though well listen when the teen wolf was on your team and he's literally dominating both sides of the court well you have a candy bar i recently spoke with it's funny to that uh we're talking movies and werewolves. I just spoke with um, the star of the upcoming X-Men picture, Hugh Jackman. Whoa. And That's a I, big get. Wolverine, what did I ask him? Is it gamesmanship in your book, Jackman, if Wolverine were an NFL football player for him to use the blades? I ask it to you, Bald Brian. I would imagine he would incur at least a 15-yard uh, penalty for uh – well, listen, the NFL is very you know, conscious now of their players getting hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I would imagine it would incur at least a 15-yard penalty for use of the blades. That said, if it's a game-changing play... It's his body. Well, no, it's not because the, the adamantium was grafted onto his skin by Colonel Stryker. I mean, he got grafted onto his bones by you Colonel Stryker. You see, Black Tie? This is what somebody who knows about movies <laughs> Wait, can Wait, time out, time out. It, see, now you're going off the rails. If you want right. to talk superhero movies... We can do that all day. All right, fine. Let's do it all day. Let's I don't do, care. I, what do you I've think? Been, I'm, I'm out of my depth I've talking about superheroes. Let's do a superhero podcast. A lot of big movies coming out this summer. Here's let's what bugs me. Here's like one that right now. Here's one thing that bugs me about both Spider-Man and I went back and just uh, recently rewatched the uh, the latest Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, and I like it better than than the uh, the one with uh, what's his name, Tobey Maguire. But here's the my beef. You're wrong about that. And then. You think so? Spider-Man 2 is a great movie, and there's no... I agree with that. There's about the original Spider-Man. But Garfield is a better Spider-Man, I think. Hmm. Yes, right. He, he, the difference is, here's the miss by the people who made the previous three uh, Spider-Mans. Peter Parker's funny. They don't make him... Tobey Maguire's not funny. He's this sheepish guy. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the dweeb. guy isn't funny, but yeah, he's just straight-up nerd, yeah. but he's not a wiseacre. Peter Parker is a funny fella. See, you know, that's where he got me beat. I know nothing about comic books. So was he a funny guy in the comics? Was that yes. his sort of thing? Yeah. Oh, and also, know. yeah, so so that's like, here's the other problem. The Batman pictures, the last two franchises, in fact, Michael Keaton mm-hmm. to Val Kilmer and uh, to Clooney, and then the Christian Bale ones, and the Spider-Mans, too, bo- both editions of the Spider-Man pictures, is both of these comic books have existed for 75 to 100 years, or however long they've b- been around. 
and the they both hinge on the idea that you never take your mask off, no matter what. <laughs> And these guys in the movie can't go 90 minutes without revealing themselves. Oh, I took you into my bed, lady, and now you know, I have to show you my, my face. What happens if they yeah. are kind of, they, they can't have, stop themselves from ripping the mask off at every turn and, enough? And don't they learn, by the way, the whole idea behind not taking the mask off, mask off is you protect the ones you love. Because if they, people know who you are, they can get to. In both of those films, in both of those film franchises, the ones they love are in jeopardy and in some case killed because they took their mask off. The people know who they are. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the other thing, too, is there are people who play in vampire movies. Is it, it, It's the same problem. Every the, It's the arrogance. It's the hubris of Hollywood to think that you can take existing stuff mm -hmm. and then adapt it to your whim. Yeah, we all know the rules. Vampire is very well drawn out. 75 or 100 years for comic book lore? How about the, the, the vampire, the Dracula business, has been around for what, like 300, 400 years, something yeah. like this? Whatever it is, you know the rules. Since you Bram can't Stoker. see your... Right, you can't see your reflection in the mirror. If you put holy water, it burns you. Yep. If you see a crucifix, this and that, all those things. And yet, every movie... Every uh, vampire franchise plays with those things, and they, uh, if it suits their their plot yeah. story, their plot, oh, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, the mirror thing is that's just all hooey, you know. Yeah, oh, but the water they, thing now that's for real. They can be in broad sunlight because they live in Seattle and it's cloudy. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, not UV acceptable. Rays don't come through the clouds. No, you don't get to do that, Hollywood. I agree. Arrogant. I don't like that. I don't like the fussing with the rules. And you know, next thing you know, you have a wolf man that gets turned into wolf because of the sunlight. All right, to keep it sportsy before we uh, before we go too far here, and I do obviously want to talk about uh, the reason you're here, which is to kibitz about your book. Um, no, the reason I'm here is I'm a big Dave Damashek fan. Ah, you. Now listen, shrinkage, manhood, marriage, and the tumor that tried to kill me. That is, uh, that's literally what we're kibitzing over that this is not uh, some figurative speech you had a you had a brain tumor or a spinal tumor i was a, a brain tumor diagnosed with a brain tumor on my brain stem it's a, that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um I, yeah amazing isn't it just uh remark i mean to to say that you know you hear all the time oh i'm lucky to be here mm. but it's remarkable because frankly it seemed to me five years ago six years ago it'll be five years ago next week it seemed a death sentence, did it not? Is that how it occurred to you? You know, initially, and this is no BS, when I when I first got the diagnosis, you know, people get brain tumors that, luckily for them, I'm very happy for these people that get them and they're not that big of a deal because they can be taken out easily or they're on a part of the brain that is, you know, it, it's not, they can be easily removed or treated. And I'm very happy for those people. But when I was diagnosed, you know, the doctor told me, I asked him because he would give me a lot of medical mumbo jumbo that I understand. I was like, doc, what are we looking at? And realistically, what are we looking at here? And he said, Typically, in these cases, I say six months to a year. Yoy. And, and what I, do you I, say? I was engaged at the time. I was engaged to you know to my fiance, and she's hysterically sobbing. She's sitting with you. She's oh, yeah, of course she's there with me, and we'd both been laid off. We didn't have jobs. Oh, the the radio show had just ended. She worked for an advertising agency that lost their account, and so here we are, jobless, early two thousand nine, and I got six to twelve months to live supposedly. So you sit in the room. Mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, you know, we've seen it depicted in movies and everything. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting in the room, and a doctor tells you normally, you know, six to ten. And it was, do you ask anything? What do you do? You start weeping? Do you? I mean, I I don't know what I would do with I myself. Got to, I got You know, I, I people say it, and you kind of lose track of what it means. But I got a cold sweat. I, you know, I started sweating, but I was freezing. And and I thought to myself, my first thought: Can we curse on this podcast? No, you okay. can't. Well, this is the not. National Football League. My sir. first thought was, holy crap! You know, I was like. 
wow, I, I'll be dead in six to 12 months. And my next thought, Dave, I'm not kidding, and you know me to be a upbeat, glasses half full kind of person. My next thought was, well, that's not going to be me. And I don't know if that was denial. I don't know if that was foolish or naive or any of those things, but I, I really thought that's not going to be me. We'll figure out a way to beat this thing or we'll some, you know, we'll work this out somehow and knock on wood. Luckily, you know, I'm spoiler alert for the book. I'm still here. The hero lives in the end. Unbelievable. And, and, uh, ironic and sadly so, because your brain happens to be a good brain compared oh, to a lot of other human brains. I've not gone evil yet. You're right. You've been well, aside from, no, I, that's uh, debatable, but at least, uh, intellectually your oh. sound you're in, intellectually, uh, you know, in the upper half, at least, of human beings. Well, thank you. Probably even 60 percentile. Okay. Maybe even higher. No. Um, did you? Uh, yeah, but no, you've been on game shows and stuff. Yeah, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, this was, God, this was just a few months before I was diagnosed. I had no idea at the time. Um, and uh, $100,000. You did? I you didn't know that. that. You don't remember that? Well, you weren't really. You I guess one hundred thousand. Yeah, I. Oh, yeah. In case you don't know, yeah, I, I. I guess we haven't brought this up in some time now. Yes, I was on the Corolla show with Bald Brian and the gang, and then at the end of two thousand and six, I got fired mm-hmm. in favor of Danny Bonaducci mm-hmm. because I mean, they made any decision any good GM would make. Well, to me, it just felt like. Really, you're going to go through all the hassle of of replacing Damashek with Danny Bonaducci. It's like to, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Isn't yeah, it? it's wh- the same guy, basically. Why bother with the expensive buyout of the Damashek contract, and then what's sure to be an expensive? You know, it's like why bother with all that? Just just go ahead and uh, same skill set, you got same passions yes, in life, redundant. Oh, you know. By the way, I want to add uh, to my uh, to my uh, growing list my life resume. Okay, and maybe this is something you should do now. Okay, um, you should uh, put sort of. I, maybe this is what you've done exactly in the book. I I feel like the kids as they come out of college, they feel like you have to list your GPA and you know the, your objectives and all that nonsense, yeah, yeah. basically to flesh out your resume. Instead of that. I think everybody needs to sit down and really figure out where they stand among humanity okay. and come up with a life resume. Things you've accomplished, things you've witnessed, things you've seen and done. Things that you're good at. You oh, know, okay. you're, you're, what, What's a resume if not a list of the things that you do well and what you can provide? Well, here are the things I provide. I am in the top 10 best remote control operators I've ever known. It's good. And I've watched. I'm, I'm really good at it. Can you adapt to any remote or yes. do you have to have your remote? If I am in a hotel room, a strange hotel room, inside of 10 minutes, I'll be operating that thing without even looking down at wow, it. Wow, that's amazing. I'm jumping all over the place. I know all the tricks. That I'm goes a, towards the top of the resume. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Um, I, I, one I'm going to oh, – I'm also maybe the best. I don't want to get hyperbolic. No, don't. But I might be the best at ordering food at a restaurant of anyone I know. Now, what, what's your specialty? Your specialty is is just speed identifying what's the or t- identifying the things no, to get. I don't care speed. What do I care about that? I'm at a restaurant for for pleasure. You want to dine? Yeah, I'm there to dine. So when I go in, I can pick out what is going to be the best item. It's no coincidence that every time I'm at dinner or lunch mm-hmm. or everything, if I'm there with three or four other people, everybody always says, "Ooh, what Dave get? What Sheck get? Oh, that looks like the best. I yeah. should have gotten that." Everybody wants bites of mine. That's the only downside to it is that people then want to bite the food that you have because you've clearly ordered the best. You know what the number one item is, at least in Mexican restaurants, for people having that that, that reaction of, oh, what that guy get? It's always fajitas because there's a show with the sizzle and the smell. Nice. It's yeah. still cooking when they bring it out to you. It's got the skillet. 
All right. Let's continue. I was going to say let's we'll we'll continue this later, but Mm -hmm. in fact, we'll continue this conversation and go into some other stuff. Because look who's walking into Studio 66 right now, the new safety of the Philadelphia Eagles. Here he is, everybody. Malcolm Jenkins. What's the poop, fella? Turn his mic on, Black Tie. That's not a fun trick to play on a guest. Yeah, so you turn my mic off. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Not as well as you, though. I'm you know, pretty good. congratulations pretty good. on the uh, on the new team. Although you go from one good team to another good team, yeah. Huh? Uh, but I'm going back home too. I'm from the Jersey area, so this is my first time getting back uh, since I left for college. So I'm I'm pretty excited. Let me ask you this, because uh, I don't want to start off with a, a downer for you, but <laughs> I guess if you're from the area, then you know what you're getting yourself into here. But we're talking about ordering at restaurants and everything. Mm-hmm. This is a major step backwards for you. I mean, from from New Orleans food to Philly food. Well, well, a good thing, I haven't had some good Italian in a long time, so ah. you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to that. But obviously, New Orleans has uh, some some great culinary uh, arts, and they do a good job with a bunch of restaurants, and most of the hole in the wall spots are the best spots. And That's so true. Yeah, it's like the thing that looks the dirtiest, and like you, they probably didn't pass the grade, and it's, you go in there, and it's the best food ever. You eat grilled oysters. Charbroiled. Yeah, yeah charbroiled. Those are yeah, so I good. Love I love it. What, uh, you know, but it's a weird thing that, like you say, with the Italian food, they really don't do it down there. Somebody, maybe Malcolm Jenkins and Dave Damashek will uh, establish a little business and we'll take it down to the bayou. Good old style Italian food. We could make hay that way. They have one one that I've been to that's, that's pretty good. It's down in the French Quarter. It's called um, Irene's. Mm-hmm. Some of, some me and my teammates used to go there every now and then, but that they had some good Italian, but... It's, it's not quite like up north. All right. So, Jenkins, before you walked in here, I don't want you to think we're trying to curry favor. And this is Bald Brian, by the way. This is Malcolm Jenkins. How's it going, man? Pleasure uh, to meet you. It's a, we're really all coming full circle here because we were just talking superhero movies a second ago. You're wearing a Spider-Man T-shirt. So everything's coming up uh, the DDFP right now, the podcast. And uh, so let's talk now about the Philadelphia Eagles. We were just singing the praises of this team. I mean, they're real. I mean, obviously the offense, a year in with Chip Kelly, looks ready to roll with Deshaun Jackson or not. The fact is that uh, the the system seems to be sound. Now it's just a matter of the defense holding up its end of the bargain. First question, though, is it going to be difficult taking instruction and the man at the top of the mountain is named Chip? That's weird. <laughs> no, I think, you know, we've heard his name so long, even when he was with Oregon. You know, he's, he's kind of a popular personality, and I guess – I guess we're used to that that name, Chip. I want 110% today. I don't want any excuses. Okay, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Yeah, it's going to be hard. To, you know, That really says something about the man that he could ascend to this lofty position. With the name Chip. Yeah, yeah and you know, I have mean, to admire that. Yeah, he's obviously leading men. He's getting respect, you know, some, <laughs> one way or the other. Um, so, all right, the standard question at this time of year is, if you, I'm sure you're uh, familiar to some degree with the Eagles roster, what would you like to see them do in this draft? Um, I think, you know, we can always use it. With losing Deshaun Jackson, we can use right. that receiver that can just blow the top off of coverage. Um, I like the kid out of LSU, somebody who's flashy, who can come in and be explosive, make plays. Odell Beckham. Odell right. Beckham, yes. And um, and I had a chance that while I was in New Orleans to kind of watch him at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's that, that playmaker at the receiver position that can really come. And um, you can move him around, put him in a backfield slot, put him in motion, kind of the things they did with Deshaun to really make defenses respect where he's at. Um, you know, but other than that, I think we can use another pass rusher, somebody to get after the quarterback. That's always going to help your defense. 
Man, it must be a little frustrating, although not so frustrating that you had to actually go to the other conference. But do you ever look at things and say, why is the NFC so much better than the AFC? It's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, the Patriots and Broncos, notwithstanding, man, it's like seven, eight deep. And, and I would say the fifth team in the NFC is as good as anybody in the AFC, huh? Yeah, I mean, it seems to play out like that. And, and especially when you talk about trying to crack into the Pro Bowl and all those things. Mm-hmm. And you look at, especially from my position, the other safeties in the league, it's, it's like hard. you got to really have an outstanding year and almost be a defensive player of the year to, to really jump over any of these guys. Um, but, you know, it's fun playing against, you know, the best competition. And it's really no bad conferences in, in the NFC. I, I'm a USC fan, and I, I have uh, season tickets for SC games, and, and it's been a up and down the last couple of years, but the receiver coming out of SC, Marquise Lee, holy moly. He, I mean, he was He's going to be there for you guys, too, that, if you That's want a guy, him. yeah, that's a guy you may want to take a look at there. At, uh, if you're looking for a market for a receiver, that guy's really good. I kind of wish I was drafting, but I was talking to the wrong person. <laughs> Maybe you should have put that into your deal. If, every, <laughs> yeah. if the ink isn't yeah. dry yet, hey, Chip Kelly and company, I have a say in personnel. Right. That's right. right. You're right. I could have got that shoe in for. You know what you got to do, position? too? Get in Chip's ear, whoever makes these decisions. Go back to the 1960 uniforms. You ever see those? The green, the, the, the Kelly green. The Kelly green. Those are nice. nice. I'm hoping we do a throwback this year so I can wear that one. That's It does look pretty good. That would be sweet. Let's talk about with the Deshaun Jackson. You've only been there for a little while. What is what, what? What's your take on the last couple weeks there, his departure, all this talk about the gang stuff and gang affiliation? I mean, I can tell you my opinion, but I'd rather hear your thoughts. Uh, I, I really didn't pay any mind to the, to the gang stuff. I, I mean, if you've seen anything, if you've followed Deshaun Jackson, you can. he's done things the right way since he's been in the league, and I don't think anybody was worried about him being in a gang or associated with a gang. Um, so that was kind of, I just kind of threw that out the window. Um, where does that come from then? Cause I don't, I, I can't imagine, uh, do you, do you imagine an Eagles insider whispered, we think this and, or do you think a media guy makes that up? I don't know. I mean, you know, he, he obviously has friends. We all have friends who aren't necessarily the best people or, or in to stuff that we aren't, but mm-hmm. they're still friends, somebody we grew up with. So you can easily take that and make a story out of it. If you, All you need is one picture to say, hey, look, this is who he hangs out with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you can blow smoke and, and make it anything you wanted to be. And like you said, if you really wanted to, if anybody wanted to do that, if TMZ wanted to have a heyday for the next uh, six weeks, they could just assign researchers to, like you say, find a bunch of pictures. You'll right. eventually turn up some nefarious characters right. with you. I mean, that that's not really making anybody guilty of anything right well, yeah it's, i mean it's, yeah so i'll say so like you said you take one picture and if, if somebody wants to do it they can and, right and i think you know at that point in time they were trying to look for you know deshaun just came off his best career season and they're getting ready to let him go it's like well why and everybody's looking for a reason and sometimes you just dig up dirt when it's really not there. what do you think it is is it a football because you know chip kelly said back in uh maybe i think it was about six months or so ago he said um, I forget exactly the the quote, but 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 big guys beat up small guys, and so you know his philosophy being that he wants bigger receivers. Jeremy Macklin obviously is roughly the same size, a little bit bigger. But um, do you think it's just purely a football thing, or you know what? I, I mean, I don't know, uh, and I I wasn't in the locker room to to really interact with him. I don't know Deshaun uh, personally, so I can't comment on you know who he is. Um, obviously. The production he put out would tell you that it can't be about the numbers in his production on the field because 
you know, he's he did great last year, and it was a career season for him. So um, I think that's, you know, that's I'm just, I'm just like everybody else. I don't know. But I do know uh, we're going to have to play him twice a year. He's probably going to be pissed that's off. Right. <laughs> he's going to be pissed off when we play him. So uh, whatever the reason is, we got to get ready for it. Can you believe he winds up in the division? It's a great story. It really yeah. is going to make yeah. for fun drama, at least, for yeah. people like me to look at twice a year. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to be leading up to the game. There's going to be uh, a lot of hype around it and Obviously, it's going to be a great time for the media. I feel bad for whoever's going to have to work that defensive backfield against him. It's going to be, oh. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> this is awkward. Awkward. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, now you move from New Orleans there. But your last game was, and in fact, the second, Deshaun's last game with the Eagles was when you went in there and beat them. Then the next week, you go up to Seattle. Have you said, or did you say in the locker room or on the plane or anywhere, to Marcus Colston, what were you thinking with that throw? Remember the last play of the game let, let up take, there in that playoff game? He threw off. the ball all the way across the field, but he threw it about like 20 yards forward. Like, right. do you know that we're not playing Australian rules football, Marcus Colston? What's going on with you, man? Look, look I'm going to take some of the pressure off my guy. <laughs> I think it, the play call was one of those last desperation trick plays where you throw it mm. over here and then lateral it back. But we didn't need to because we had a little bit more time. He in hindsight, we could have just thrown the ball and <laughs> let him step out of bounds and then chuck it to the end zone. But he ran the play that was called. Now, it was a terrible throw because it was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a one-hopper and it was kind of forward progress. But uh, he was just doing what he was told to do. All right. See, I like this. I think Eagles, uh, the your your new Eagles teammates will be pleased to know that no matter how foolish a play they make, <laughs> Malcolm Jenkins is going to be there. He's got, he's, the gonna, <laughs> he's got your back on it. Um, all right. Let's talk about uh, what it's like to be around Rob Ryan. I've always been fascinated by this character. And I said about two years ago, and then his own his twin brother said basically the same thing, you got to cut your hair to get a head coaching job. I really think it's that simple. I think people think, well, we can't put this guy in charge. That'd be <laughs> weirder than putting a guy named Chip in charge. Man, you know, I, I fell in love with Rob Ryan in, within a month of him signing with us. He is one of those D coordinators where he's obviously from the Buddy Ryan system. His dad, he, so he knows football, and he's very, very football savvy, but he knows how to keep it fun. And every meeting, I swear we do more joking in a meeting than we do install it. Mm. But but guys retain it and guys take ownership in the defense. And, you know, he's he's not always about, you know, yelling and, and cussing guys out. He's just about giving the leaders of the defense all the tools to then go be great. And he allowed the leaders like me and myself to sit down with him and game plan. Um, so – my input is in it. If I didn't, if we didn't like it as a team, he'd throw it out. And it wasn't just, hey, you run this. It was always that that give and take. And I think the players gravitated him forward. And, and you see the results he had in New Orleans. We went from the worst defense that ever played the game to a top five defense. And I think two versus the pass. So, you know, he's, he's I, I think, very, very highly of him. We hear a lot about the NFL being a copycat league, and it usually applies to, um, you know, to offensive philosophy and everything else. But do you think that 
Pete Carroll wins the Super Bowl and Chip Kelly has success and, you know, that's preceded in the the, the big story in August was that he was playing music. You know, that was a, such a big story that, he, that it was fun at Eagles practice. Shame the devil that it'd be enjoyable. And the Ryan brothers, you know, having some success last year. Do you think maybe that the Belichick way, the serious and they know you can't tell anybody anything that happens in here and like it's a like it's an international secret that, that you can't talk. Do you think that the game is going to get to be more fun that, that more coaches, more organizations are going to say, hey, it's not the it's not the end of the world if uh, the guys laugh and enjoy themselves a little bit. You know, one thing that, that's funny when we was in New Orleans, um, <laughs> we modeled a lot of the things um, that New Orleans did after the Patriots. You know, they obviously had the pedigree. They had the culture. Mm-hmm. So people were copycatting them for a while. And I think that's the Saints in 2006 when Sean Payton got there. He modeled it after the Patriot way. And I think once he had that year off and he came back, he really had a chance to reflect on things and how we were running it. So he changed the entire weight program because Harbaugh and the 49ers and, and then um, also the Ravens came through and he saw how they did things. So mm-hmm. he changed our, our weight thing. And then as we went through the season, he got to this healthy thing where we were always eating good food. We were used to eating Popeye's chicken the day before the game. (laughs) We won it. We win a Super Bowl eating Popeye's chicken. We won playoff games. But this year, we were trying to eat healthy. And then we got to the playoff games, and we were terrible on the road. Remember last year? Uh We were terrible on the road, and everybody kept making a big deal out of it. We were going to have to play all these playoff games on the road. So the week of the Eagles game, he said, forget it. We threw music on during practice, which we never do. And then we ate Popeye's chicken the day before the game, and guys played better. So I, you know, I think I think guys might follow suit around the league. It's not; it's really not as traditional as it used to be. Football is is a simple game. I would think that the thing you're going to miss most is just as a teammate of this guy. I talk a lot about the. Uh, uh, in fact, we played with Eric Reed of the 49ers a couple of weeks ago. We played Jenga, and because I think that the game is now very much about. If you imagine every NFL team is a Jenga thing set up with all the pieces, if you the the key to victory, to winning it all, mm-hmm. is that your foundation is strong enough that you have enough depth that if I take out some of those Jenga pieces, it's not going to tip over. But there are a couple of non QBs in the league that if you take them out, the whole thing is going to implode. Mm. I feel Jimmy Graham is one of those guys. He to me, people talk Gronkowski and everything. This guy, to me, just looks indefensible. There's nothing you can do to take him away unless you literally bracket him with two guys, which is unheard of the way the Patriots did. Short of that, though, is Jimmy Graham unstoppable? My own pride is going to make me say, no, he's not unstoppable. Mm -hmm. He's very, very, very tough to defend, especially with one defender. Now, you can scheme up and and try to put two guys on him in in a way to do it, but then that opens up, you know, other players, and you got to be able to match up across the board. Um, but Jimmy, you know, he's bigger than everybody else. He's, you know, he can run with any DB that's out there. He can jump. He's a basketball guy. So that whole going up and getting a rebound is what he makes his money off of. Um, and he's he's smart. And he tells me all the time, like, you know, he, I just run to where I'm open. You know, so he doesn't have a plan all the time. He's like, hey, it's, huh. it's space over there. I'll go over there. And when you play with a quarterback like Drew Brees, who can always throw you open as well, um, that margin of error where he can put it where J- only Jimmy can get it just makes him 
that more dangerous of a combo. Who's better then? So Drew Brees makes Jimmy Graham, or at this point is Jimmy Graham making Drew Brees look good? Because to me, I know it sounds simplistic, and I know it's overly so. But still, it does occur to me when I'm watching Drew Brees throw some balls up there. He is really just, well, there's Jimmy Graham. I know there are two guys on him. I'm just going to throw it in his direction. Nothing bad's going to happen because he's so big he's not going to get picked off. He'll knock it down if, if it comes to that, right? I think early, I think Drew's done enough to say that Drew – just kind of push Jimmy along uh, because Drew can make those throws where it's like, all right, it's a DB on his front shoulder. I'll just throw it back shoulder. And Jimmy's so long and Lincoln, he can go get it. Um, but now Jimmy's starting to, it, it's getting to that point now where, all right, it's two defenders. I'll just throw it up and Jimmy go get it. And he's good enough to really do that. He caught some ball over three defenders this past year. And you just got to shake your head. There's nothing you can, you got to go back to the sideline and say, coach, God gave him a little bit more than he gave me on that play. <laughs> There's nothing else you can do about it. Let's talk about the NFC East then. You made some comments about, uh, what, two, three weeks ago, as soon as you got with the Eagles, that made uh, a little bit of noise because you said you're not overwhelmed by your foes there. What do you think about Romo? About Romo? I mean, I think he's a, he's a, he's a solid quarterback. He, he always has those flashes where he, he can turn a game around, he can win games, um, but they, he's never really been able to turn that corner as far as a championship or a lot of success in the playoffs, and I think – um, part of that has to do with the buildup of the team and, and the pressure that's on him and how much um, he has to deal with. But I uh, think Tom, he, Brady, Tom Brady's been on some talent-poor teams right, himself. Right. But, I mean, I don't think he's a Tom Brady. I mean, there's, there's a difference, you know, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody can be, the, you know, the Mannings and Brady's and Drew Brees's, but he's definitely better than – I would say 80% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. He's definitely a great quarterback. People say that, but um, if you sit down and you make your list, if I if Malcolm Jenkins sat down and you rated 1 through 32, I bet you we could come up with more than 10 names ahead of Tony Romo. You can't, that come, you up would with, want. You can't come up with 10 who are better looking, though. He's a good I might even man. be able to do that. What? <laughs> Have you seen some of the quarterbacks in this league? Brady. Cam Newton. Those are the that. top two lookers in all the NFL. Cam Newton has, not, has a winning smile. He has a winning smile. Well, that's all right. You don't, you don't, you don't have to be on <laughs> you, If you want to chime in, you'll chime in. I'll chime in. I feel... Are we counting backups or just starters now? Well, let's stay with starters. Okay. I think that... I'll put him ahead you of Nick ne- Foles. You would never say Aaron Rodgers is better looking. Oh, yes, I would. What? what? Aaron Rodgers over Tony Romo? Any day of the week. You're back in the conversation. Oh, yeah. I, I had to Come on. That no, yeah, he's no. better looking than Ka- I love he's better Kaepernick. than Flacco. I love he's better than the Mannings. Better than Russell Wilson. I don't know about that. What? I don't. I, I, Russell Wilson actually is kind of good looking, but all right, we only have a couple minutes. Please stop <laughs> with this, Paul Brian. Malcolm's about to walk out of the studio here. Hey, do you watch? Uh, do you watch uh, Game of Thrones? We went from good looking quarterbacks to this. You know what? I, I want because he's leaving. My, Malcolm's about to li- leave. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I am highly addicted to The Walking Dead. Oh, are you? Yes. What do you think so far this season? Well, well just, I guess now just, we're off yeah, for a just while ended, now, but. and I'm like kind of a, a half-hearted doomsday prepper myself. So, oh, are you? Yeah. What's like, the key to surviving a, a zombie apocalypse? Well, it depends which kind of level it is. See, you got to go read this book called the, Vi- the Zombie Survival Guide. I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 teach you everything, man. It, it changed my mind. Really? Yeah, you have it, stuff in your car in case it happens, and <laughs> yeah, not not necessarily in my car. I told you I'm half-hearted. I can't. I see. I can't roll around with you know weapons and stuff in, in my car. That's oh yeah. It's not not productive. For no compunction if it comes to it with sticking something 
looking in the eye of a zombie? Not at all. You got to destroy the brain. What's the scariest zombie you've seen? Because The Walking Dead moves slow, and I know people will tell me they're not properly zombies, but the zombies in Twenty Eight Days Later, they are they're fast. Yeah, or they're like, the worst. Or like, or like World War, World War Z. Z yeah. Yes, like, if the zombies are like World War Z, then we don't have a chance. We can't survive we that. Can't You're survive. not gonna one man can't defeat that. Tell that to Brad Pitt. But, but hopefully they're like the Walking Dead ones where you just walk and stumble along, and you know you can run away if need be. Don't think I, I feel that way too i'm underwhelmed by them because the world war z and the 28 days later zombies have have made me sort of cynical i i scoff at that it must be like hey we won the super bowl last year jaguars are coming here i mean like i could see the let the only thing the only reason the walking dead zombies would get me is because of the letdown factor you know no i think they get you because of the, the massive swarms mm. you get overwhelmed by the numbers whereas World War Z, if you see two of those zombies, it's, it's a wrap. Right. You can't run but I'm. Class. But listen, you're fleet of foot. You know, you're a world-class athlete. I'm slow, and I know I could outrun those zombies. They would never catch me. Yeah, but where are you going to run to? Well, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I think they don't do enough uh, time. They don't spend enough time looking into open houses. I would just get one of the big mansions. Atlanta has mansions. Just move into one of those. Well, see, the, the, and that's, that's why I like The Walking Dead, because it's really about the survival part of life it's like the zombies were okay that was season one the outbreak and now it's kind of how do you deal with life in it you can't just run in the house because eventually you run out of food and water and if you if you have a swarm that's chasing you and going to a house you can never leave that house mm -hmm. how are you going to live mm -hmm. so now you got to plan ahead and you got to so, move you know it's a lot to consider it is would you i want we uh, we've got to wrap it up <laughs> i, I want to talk more about this black tie this is an interesting conversation last thing then because I want this is what I want to talk to Bald Brian about too, because he's a pop culture guy as well. Major stuff happened on Game of Thrones on Sunday night, and you know there's the East Coast feed, and then there's the West Coast feed, and obviously we're here on the uh, on the left side of the country. So at six fifty seven p.m. of Sunday, aka a time when I'm not watching, somebody tweeted out a picture of spoiler alert, the and so I knew how what was going to happen. And what? I feel this is wrong. And you play sports. If I TiVo, the, oh the same, oh the the Eagles and Saints playoff game. I oh I have that TiVo. I gotta mm -hmm. get it. And then you tweet that out. Now what am I supposed to? Now I know. How, what are your feelings? What rules would Malcolm Jenkins establish here in the 21st century with social media to well, prevent this? Well, see, in that case, I'm going to be on the East Coast, so hmm. I wouldn't have that issue. I don't think. No, but while it would be live, but what it's it's that much earlier in the day. Right. So this is when you have to do stuff, right. you have kids, you have to do that, and then once they go to bed, then you DVR. Right. I mean, see, well, you have to take the responsibility to not get on Twitter when you know hmm. that an event is coming up. Like, Walking Dead, When I'm, if I miss a Sunday, I just stay off of social media until I watch it the next day. Because I don't want people talking about, oh... You know, I see such and such died, and hmm. then you know, like you said, then you don't even want to go watch it. So it's ultimately on my shoulders. It's on your shoulders. You can't shut down Twitter so you can watch Game of Thrones. I'm gonna shut down all those <laughs> zombies when I move into a fancy mansion and lock them out. They'll be stuck outside. Malcolm Jenkins is gonna be out there doing I don't know what. I'm gonna be safe in my mansion, running probably. All right, <laughs> slaying zombies. All right, listen, Malcolm Jenkins, you're a delightful fella. Um. And uh, and listen, go be on fancy television now, NFL <laughs> Network, total access. You're here all week? 
Yep. Uh, tomorrow is my last day. Then I'll be on. So uh, Wednesdays you're on. Oh, and then on uh, NFL Air. Okay. Yeah. You have to wake up early to do that. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Now I'll get on my flight and go back to Philly. All right. Listen, go get him in Philadelphia. It seems like a, a, a about as good a situation as uh, a football player could walk into right now. Yep. And uh, and by the way, you can also keep your eye on the Buckeyes, who seem to be rounding into shape under Urban Meyer. Eh? They are winning a lot, so yeah. that's got to keep it going. Everything's coming up, Jenkins. All right, as long as the zombies don't show up, and even then, it sounds like he's <laughs> halfway ready. home I'm to being ready, ready for ready. it. All right, scram, <laughs> go ahead, and uh, have a great time. But what a pleasure to meet you. I Malcolm appreciate Jenkins. y'all having me. All right. Nice to meet you. All right, there he goes, Malcolm Jenkins, and Bald. Let's pick it up there. And Black Tie, you join in as well. Hey, Black Tie, uh, to be honest with me, are you going to bleep the the spoiler that I gave? Everything's been bleeped the last five, <laughs> we can't ten ble- minutes. We can't bleep everything. I said one bleeped. sentence that said something about the I, show. I'm are you bleeping this, it? I'm doing this for the people. I have seen Game of Thrones. I have seen the latest episode, but I just know going off True Detective conversations like a month ago, people just get so Ugh. heated they haven't seen it. And I understand them. Like I complain. What am I complaining about? Is having it spoiled for me? I shame the devil. I, I'm not looking exactly, to spoil it. Exactly. But like with Twitter, it's 48 control. hours after though. It's 48 hours it's, later. It's this day and age of DVR. People have their own schedules. They last season I would watch Game of Thrones usually on like Tuesday or Wednesday because I have stuff to do. This season. I have to watch it on Sunday because you guys are just ruthless. <laughs> but some people don't have that luxury. I, how dare you put that on my head? Well, I don't. You, just, you have a show with about a bunch of listeners, and you with just about tried. a bunch. Now a bunch? listen, <laughs> and I, you just try to spoil them. I didn't try anything. You did, it's two but days I after the show, you, for goodness' sake. Why is Black Tie cracking the whip, man? I don't get it. Bald, weigh in on this. What? What social? What common sense measures can we take as a society? I agree with Malcolm uh, Gladwell to an extent, and that Malcolm Jenkins, of course. I agree with him to an extent that it's on you to an extent to avoid. If you're actively avoiding spoilers, especially with sporting events, then it's up to you. Then it's I got to avoid social media. I got the game taped. I got whatever to Game of Thrones taped or, or DVR or whatever it is. It's up to you to avoid. Now, what about though? What about though the the problem for me is too. You get text messages, mm-hmm. and you can't really practically, especially when you have kids yeah, and stuff. You can't point. really shut off your cell phone for text messages. You can, but it's kind of bad parenting, I suppose, to to not be to be out of touch. Is and, there someone in your house who can screen your text messages for you? Well, like, read this. Is it safe? Can I look at this? Yeah, I guess that's what you need. Is you need to hire uh, a personal assistant <laughs> to always be by your side to screen them out because people will always listen. The Pittsburgh Penguins are about to drop the puck in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, you know, I'm going to DVR that. The games yeah. are going to be on at 4:30 yeah. out here. I can't be. I can't hide from my cell phone until eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. And if I look at it, people say, "What a goal by Crosby!" Yeah. And I'm like, "Great, thanks a lot for that." Or upsetting, you know. I agree. I had the same situation when the, uh, the San Francisco Giants won the World Series in 2010. I was trying. I had to work at night. You know, I did the Corolla show at night, mm-hmm. and I had to DVR some of the games. And uh, my wife didn't understand, but it's just the way it had to go. All right, let's real quick. Let's because uh, I want to get into some uh, more movie talk and uh, and and plenty of it. In fact, uh, Bald Brian and I have teamed up to do a lot of cool stuff here. But real quick, let's uh, take a listen. The aforementioned interviews I did a while back with a lot of big uh, NFL guys are available to you at nfl.com slash shooting the shack. You can find all of those. Black Tie did some good work putting them together. 
S H E K. Okay, good. Thank you down. so much. And uh, and here he is. Let's take a quick listen to one of those interviews with uh, one of the greatest running backs to ever play the sport. Not hyperbole in this case. Here he is, everybody. Damashek with Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, you want some cheese? There you go. That's enough. What's your favorite kind of cheese? Um, pepper jack. Pepper jack. That's a good call. Nice and spicy. I'm not surprised to hear that from you. Hey, what's the meanest thing anyone has ever said to you on a football field? Said to me on a football field? Yeah. Um, just taking, just taking steroids. Is that right? Yeah. And what do you say? Do you answer? I was like, I'm on the blood of Jesus. That's that's all I'm taking right there. <laughs> you know, so I don't, you know, I don't take it personal, but that's probably like the rudest thing someone said. You ever trash talk anybody out there? You ever say anything mean? Um, not really. I, I'm not really a, a trash talker. I, I consider myself more of an assassin. I trash talked one time, and that was during the 2000 yard season, and it was against uh, St. Louis. Those guys, I'm talking about from the coaches, from defensive line to the linebackers to the secondary, those guys were talking so much trash from the kickoff to the end of the game. Hmm. Who's the most handsome player in the NFL? You're looking at him. You know, that's a, <laughs> I, I've talked to now three Everybody keeps saying that. All right, outside of you, Adrian Peters. Outside of me? Uh, I don't know. Christian Ponder. <laughs> Jared Allen. <laughs> Tom know. Brady. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that's a good one. I don't know. No, 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 no you do know. You, 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 <laughs> like, you it, know. Let me know. Is it Cam Newton? Is it or Cam Newton? No. Cam or Tom? I go with Tom. Tom Brady. He yeah. is very handsome. I yeah. think that's the right answer, although Cam's pushing him now. <laughs> uh, what are you good at besides football? Um, track. Track and field. Track. Yeah, I I'm do I I'm a really good with a remote control. Yeah. I can do that. Like yeah. if I'm flipping the channels, uh, I can come back to the station right as the commercial ends yeah. and the show you know comes back. Are you good I'm, at that? I'm, I'm good at sleeping as well. Oh really? I, yeah, I can. I, I pretty much can sleep longer than a bear at times. What do you dream about? Oh man, just all type of stuff. Really? I dream about. Yeah. Do you have nightmares? Uh, no, not that often. Never have nightmares. I've had, I've had nightmares before, but you know. Nothing that has woke me up out of my sleep, you know. Hmm. Um, if the NFL got a new team, what should it be named? What's, what city? What's that? Oh, that's that's a good question. What if it was L.A.? L.A. The L.A. Gears. The Gears. <laughs> I like that. You're very. You grew up in the late '80s. You know? <laughs> I that would be down a total pole. <laughs> the names. If you could change one rule in the NFL, would it be? What would it be? Um. The hits on the quarterback. I feel like the, the quarterbacks are babied a lot, and if you, you barely touch them, they throw a flag. So that that would be the first thing I change. If you could have the flesh of only one beast for the rest of your life, which would it be? And and you can't eat any others for the rest of your life. Beef, chicken, fish, swine. Which one would it be? To eat? Yeah. Um, beef. Beef is a good one. Yeah. Because yeah. you get hamburgers and steak. Yeah. High in protein. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah, I'll go with I beef. think you're right, but I, I, I got to tell you, I think ultimately, though, I disagree because I go swine because you get bacon, sausage, mm. ribs. Hard more, to pass on that. More, a little more. All right. Huh. Listen, interesting stuff, Adrian P. One more of those handshakes. Ah! I'm not man enough for you, AP. All right, go get them. Right, Thanks so much. No more cheese before you go? Yeah, that was enough? Okay. All right. You listen to Dave what a nice fella. I'll tell you, his reputation is, mm-hmm. that I had heard before I met him, is that he has one of the strongest grips you'll ever shake hands with. He really, really puts a vice grip on you. Right. He did. 
Oh he wow, did. he mastered your hand. Yeah, but he that was nice. He ate the cheese. He's the only. He's one of the few guys who took the cheese and crackers. But, black he, tie. but here's my thing with Adrian Peterson and his handshake. He has to know this by now. You know, like like we it's all a know. Point. Yeah, he it's has his thing. to know. Why would you do that to people? Like that's his thing. What do you mean? Why would he do that? He, somebody wouldn't you be him like? His... Wouldn't you be like the Hulk or like not the Hulk? Like Superman? Like you sort of like know how not to use your force at that point? Like you should. He should be. He should be trained in that area. And I don't feel like he's considerate of people. By the way, that is a great point. And it must. You know. In fact, the last time I was on uh, the Corolla podcast, uh, mm-hmm. just like a week or so ago, we kibitzed about this. I've asked the question before. I'm going to bring it up again to reiterate. Superman and the Hulk are both indestructible. Who would win a fight? The correct answer is Superman because he's smarter than the Hulk. True. And so all he would have to do is they're equally yeah. indestructible, but he just grabs them by his toe and pulls them out to space yeah. and then leaves them there. The then Hulk what? is driven by rage. Right. And also the Hulk will at some point fatigue and turn back into Bruce Banner, whereas Superman Oh, is that right? Be, yeah. If you fight him long enough, so if you can just hang in a fight with Hulk long enough, he just gets tired and turns back? I don't know if it's... I, well, all I know is that he turns back into Bruce Banner eventually, every time, whether he falls asleep or whatever it is. Within 24 hours, he'll be back to Bruce Banner. I mean, if you wait him out long enough. Not to get too geeky, though, but he's, his his power has no limit because the angrier, mo- angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. So if Oh, it, really? It, I guess you're just biding in time if he's going to get tired or if he's going to get... But angry. he doesn't know how to fly himself, right? He can he jump, he can bound yeah. great far. Distances. I watched Man of Steel the other day. I yeah. liked it. You did? I did. I liked a lot of it. Not the stuff. I don't like when they go on the spaceship. That's getting weird. I know that they come from space, but I think it was solid. Actually, I was listening to a podcast, a movie podcast, actually last week, and um, it's they. It's not as fun as you would as you would hope a Superman movie would be. Certainly not. It's not a great rewatch. You know, a year after, so I own it, but it's. It was a solid movie. It was it was a grounded Superman in today's world. Well, all the knocks on it that I heard at the time, I didn't see it in the he theater. He does kill a lot of people in the movie. Yes. <laughs> well, no, the knocks. fatalities. The, yeah, the, 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 the there really are. I mean, the, but but the scene when he fights, I'm not Zod, but the but the woman and the big guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, Ursula. What's her name? Yeah, Ursa. Yeah, you can't beat the one from the Superman two of my youth, nineteen eighty one ish. Yeah, Terrence Stamp, but I, the, but his bearded, uh, yeah, it's like Claude, dumb it's guy, like, yeah, something a, like that. Yeah, that guy though in this one isn't in it nearly as much, but that role, the big strong dumb guy, mm-hmm. is uh, that seems great when they jump up at the plane at the fighter jets and they pull them out of the sky. That's awesome. I, I mean, the, from a special effects standpoint, it was some cool. really good fight scenes. And once again, like with Garfield being a pretty good Spider Man, I I believe Cavill is Superman. Like it's, you know, a lot of scenes like he's he a shows handsome devil, yeah. Dynasty and like while he's being, he knows his powers. Like he tells the U.S. government, like, hey, I'm I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to help. But he, yeah. he's not. He's also. But you don't make my rules. Exactly. I, was neat. I no thought that nonsense. was kind of cool. Yeah. Very no nonsense. I believed him. He's he, the Tony Romo of of superhero actors. I want to so get back to that. 10. Here's I, I do want to. I'm starting to think of more quarterbacks who are way below. By the way, so well, Mark Romo's, Sanchez isn't a starter, so he's off the list. But he's right. better. Is Mike Vick better than no Tony Romo? Is he a starter? Well, Geno Smith or Mike Vick. He's better looking than RG3. He's certainly better looking than Stafford. He's certainly better looking than Cutler. Certainly. Wow, you say that with a lot of confidence. I don't know about that. Matt Stafford? Both Mannings. Matthew, absolutely. I said the Mannings are below him. I agree with that. I just put him above Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a decent looking fellow, but. uh, I don't see. I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't know if Phil Rivers is is less than Tony Romo. Hmm. 
Get the new Mrs. Beisner, the new Mrs. Buck. Congratulations to Michelle Beisner, by the way. But she's our go-to on this okay. list. We do this. We've we did it the first couple of years Who's of the, the show. Who's in Houston? We now? haven't gone back to it. We got to get Beisner slash Buck or whatever her new name is okay. now to kibitz about this, and we'll get our proper list out to you. But. Uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you go to NFL.com slash check, this is one of the questions that I, <laughs> that I ask of the players. And, and you know, it's a surprise. A lot of them said themselves. Romo's got those dimples, man. You can't, you, you, that gets him eh, in the top ten alone. Eh, may, maybe you're right. Maybe he's at the back end of the top ten in, uh, in the looks department mm-hmm. among his, uh, his peers there. Anyway, the thing with uh, – th- here's the weird thing about Superman. And people point this out, the, the varying of the strength, you know. Mm. Either he can pick up an airplane or he can pick up a battleship or he can't, you know, like it's a, the, the, the variation on when he struggles to do things is weird. Sometimes it takes him great effort to do things. It's like, well, you, you la- in the, like three scenes ago, you, yeah. you, you picked He's grunting. up, yeah, you picked up a skyscraper and, <laughs> and now you don't know about this car or you're making an effort. Shouldn't you do it with your finger? And, and you're fatigued now trying to pick up a... <laughs> it should be like parlor tricks. He should like, hey, you think I can pick this car up with my toe? Mm-hmm. Watch this. Let's see if I can do it with just my toe. And then the other thing is when he fights Zod and the other two, they beat him up so badly that he then gets like he's he's on his face like laying down and he's sort of beaten up and, and you know he struggles to get back up. Well, how can he be hurt? Either he can't be hurt or he can. Right? Yeah. There's not an in-between. You're right. Are they, are they beating up with uh, with uh, uh, kryptonite brass knuckles? Or Short of just... kryptonite, yeah. right. Back and... to the good-looking quarterback thing. You know, <laughs> the guy for Tampa Bay is a mess. If Henry Cavill were a quarterback, a look out, Tom Brady. Roethlisberger, I'm sorry to say, is a mess. No. You know who, though, is, uh, is, is a sneaky, uh, sneaky vote for top ten? Brian is, uh, Hoyer. Tannehill. Well, he listen. He found himself a nice lady. He did. So I guess he. I guess he's okay in that regard. I don't know what Brian Hoyer looks like. He's, is he shaped bald? Here's another one. Christian Ponder, more handsome. Ooh, but who's the starter? Castle's also a threat. Depends on who starts there. Yeah, they're both handsome right. devils. Um, Alex Smith, probably not Romo. Probably not superior to Romo. No, for, for sure not. Um, I want to just think of one more. I feel like we've covered a lot we got of our Breeze. Bases Wait, where are you already put Drew Brees? You know, I've heard a lot of ladies, uh, you know, sort of swoon for him, which mm-hmm. surprises me. I don't, do, know what, I don't know why he doesn't address the, you know, the elephant in the on the face. But, uh, mm. you know, it's, uh, but that aside, people Sometimes like that adds that adds the little character, like uh, Christy uh, or um, uh, Cindy, Cindy? Cindy Crawford's uh, beauty mark. It's been a long time since she was the go-to reference for Fox. She had about four or five-year run where she was the go-to. Um, all right. So here's the thing that Bald and I do. And I do want to – so, so <laughs> tell me – about good-looking quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, no. I want to move on to the movies, but quickly because I don't want to uh, – not quickly. You don't have to mm-hmm. talk quickly. But I do want to talk more about the book here a little bit. And um, so what is, So what's the story? Is it basically uh, – Give me the ballpark of, uh, sure. of, the, of the story that you Well, tell. after I was diagnosed, uh, like we talked about earlier in the show, um, I went through treatment. I went through uh, you know, inoperable brain tumor, so they couldn't operate on me. They had to do radiation and chemotherapy. And- to make it about myself, mm-hmm. my friend Please. in Chicago, yeah. within, I think, two days or even one day, was diagnosed with a brain tumor himself. And it was, uh, you know, what, what's going on? This uh, you know, insane news to get twice over oh, within days of about people yeah oh, wow. yeah within how's within, he doing he's you know he's still around and Good. doing great too five years Muscle i mean it was a, it's, it's a it's remarkable stuff because that's great it, the similarity was you know my father's you know career it was was on college that's you right know, that's right the treatment of cancer 
And in both cases, I, you know, he said, well, that's not good news for either guy. I told him the specifics, mm-hmm. I had the language and everything else. And given them the specifics, he said, it's pretty grim. You know, it's not good news. You know, the odds are not six favor, to, you know, yeah. knew exactly what you, what you said, six to ten months. It's not likely and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's remarkable that both of you are still around. But uh, what's uh, but uh, what what's that treatment? Uh, is, is it do you feel like? I'm sure the calculation goes like, do you do the treatment and possibly uh, compromise the quality of life? And if I only have six months, Mm -hmm. do I want to make myself sick? Because that's what chemo and radiation and everything else will do to you. Well, it it was worse than that because, you know, the radiation was on my brainstem and it caused such swelling that the brainstem, as my doctor explained to me, is like a funnel. It funnels everything to the rest of your body, your fingertips and your toes and your breathing and everything. And my, my reaction was so bad to the radiation that, you know, I don't know if you remember during that time, but I was using a walker full time and I mm. needed around the clock care. And Christy, my fiance, then wife, uh, became my 24 hour a day caregiver. And it's a hard thing for a 30 year old newly you know married woman to have to deal with. And People joke about that. Would you stay with me if this happened to me? If we did, but I mean, really, I'm, that's, that's got to be a, an insane thing. Do you say to her at some point, listen, I want you to move on from I mean, I, I'd like you to stay around, but. You know, you don't have to right. con- continue to regard me as your as your husband. Right. Well, in 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 the book, we we go over it, or I go over the actual. You know, as she said to me later, I don't think it ever actually got discussed. It was never a discussed thing. But later, she was like, you know, people asked me, you know, are you going to stay with them? Are you going to go through with the wedding? Because we're engaged. You know, we're good to get married in two months or whatever it is. And and she's like, there was there was never a question for me. Ah, she, that's she, well, that's she, lovely. It was just you know, she she felt like it was uh, never in question. Wonderful. Well, that's great. Um, do she's you... amazing. She's the star of the book. She's she's wonderful. Do I get a name drop in there? You do. Do I really You're in the book? Woo! You hear that black tie? I get a name drop in a book. I'm fancy. Um, it's not positive, but you're in there. Oh well, listen. I'll take what I can get. Beggars can't be choosers. What about though? Um, what do things like? Do you watch sports? Of course. So oh, what is going I mean, on? Yeah, I mean, like like two weeks after. What uh, do, uh, is it? Football season, and do you think like I'm going to watch this game, or does that suddenly? Oh man, does that because to me. I have not anything close to, you know, as grave, but anything that upsets me. Anytime I feel like, oh, man, I got the short end of the stick on this life deal. I I, I find myself immediately like, yeah, I don't care about this game anymore. And I kind of want why do you find yourself like sports are now trivial and and who cares? No, or do I you did, care? I didn't find that because I just because I do love sports, but I did find them because of the radiation. I found them to be overwhelming, like just the noises and the sights and things hmm. moving so fast that it just became overwhelming at a certain point. And then I, I wrote a chapter in the book called My Greatest Regrets. And I listed my great. You, you love lists. I love lists. Mm-hmm. And I listed my greatest regrets in my life. And one of them was right when I was. You know, going through the worst of my sickness, I had planned for years to go to the USC Ohio State game in Ohio State on my birthday, September thirteenth, two thousand nine. And it was like this is gonna be this great thing. We're gonna celebrate my birthday. We're gonna fly out to Columbus, Ohio. I'm gonna see the horseshoe. I'm gonna do the whole thing because I'd never been. I'm a huge college football fan. I want to see the great, you know, the great stadiums and the great teams. And this is a you know meeting of two powerhouses, historical powerhouses, and I'm gonna eat it up. It's gonna be great. I'm too sick to travel. I'm too sick to get around. That's what I, I people always say that, you know, I, I've always, I uh, was going to say half kidding, but I don't even think mm. there's any joking aspect to this. I always say when I get to 75, 80 heroin addiction, that's really? it. I'm listen, I'm, well, if well, I'm checking out, if I'm, I'm checking out house money at that point, but I do feel like, yeah, I do feel like, I mean, it, it sounds like I'm joking and I guess in a way I am, but 
I always say, you, you think like, well, if I get sick, well, then, then I'm going to really get crazy then because mm-hmm. then what else? But then you, you're sick and you yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. Being, yes, people have this notion where it's like, oh, this is the end. Let's cut loose. But it's a slow slide towards the end. You know what I mean? You don't feel like cutting loose. You feel like sleeping, which I was doing 18 hours a day at one point. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. So what life lessons would you have? What, what now do you understand that you didn't understand previously? You know what what's, what was crazy was was when I started to recover enough to really start thinking clearly again and really taking what was around me and all that stuff, it was nice to worry about. People People are like, well, first of all, people are like, do you live every day like it's your last? And I'm like, are you crazy? Do you know how hard that would be? You, imagine living today like it's your last day on earth. Oh, my God. I every so day much I have to board a plane to yeah, Paris. It's enough day, already. Every, living every day like that? And not, you, can't, you can't do it. So that's crazy. You can't live like that. But – it was nice when I started to recover a little bit and, and get my faculties about me and start to live a normal life. It's nice to worry about little things. It's nice to not have to worry, am I going to see my next birthday or is my wife going to be a young widow? It's, it's nice to worry about, oh, the mailman didn't take my letter or, you know, the, the gardeners cut the whatever. Too and much. why didn't I order what Dave ordered? The, the, the classic regrets. Exactly. It's nice to mm-hmm. focus on your little things that eat away at you, like not ordering the right things at a restaurant with Dave Damashek. Well, it uh, it sounds like fascinating, and uh, no doubt with uh, the brain of Bald Brian, um, insightful stuff. So I will read that, and I don't read books very often. I can so get you an audio book. I know you're into the whole, uh, you know. I don't, thing. but I don't like when P. Here's my beef. I, I haven't done an audio book in my life, although w- with one exception. One of the Cohen brothers, about 15 years ago, right. wrote a collection of short stories, and I think they were largely panned. But I got the audio book for my move from Chicago to L.A. Right. So I got the, the cassette tapes of them, and they were voiced by – each story was by a different guy who you know from, far, from, uh, from Cohen brother okay. movies. So, you know, one story was uh, – uh, um, I can't think of it. Nick Cage or uh, probably not quite that level. No, like... no, no. Oh, John Goodman was one. Okay. Uh, Randall Tex uh, William H. Macy. That's the nice. name I'm okay. looking for. One's William okay. H. Macy. This one's John Turturro. So it was interesting yeah. to hear them. So I recommend that one. But uh, I do resent when people tell me, oh, I read that book. Oh, yeah, I've also read that book. And then you discover... No, you didn't. You listened to that book. <laughs> what is the what pretentious compunct- uh, notion is there that these people feel like it'll seem it'll seem less impressive if I listen to it? So I'm going to say I read it. Well, what's the harm? I mean, you, you consumed it. You have the information now in your brain. Just say you listened to it. Okay. I don't want to be lied to. That's all. You There's the, no you jive like, talk. You want the specificity. That's right. Of, of knowing how how you consumed. Now it. here's one specific, and then we'll wrap it up. Black tie. You're going to be fascinated by this, or maybe you won't care at all. Either way, we're going to talk about it. Well, having only seen five movies, I didn't hell care. Yeah, well, listen, if you want to throw one at him, we can play it real quick. But anyway, so we, like you and me, love to talk about actor redundancies. And my favorites are that Keanu Reeves... Well, give an example. What I mean, yeah. tell him what that is. Keanu Reeves, the backstory for two of his characters, one in uh, Point Break and the other in The Replacements, mm-hmm. his character's backstory is, is that he was the Ohio State's quarterback. I love that. I mean, that, that, was that, it a Rose Bowl? Talk about specificity. No, it, the Rose Bowl right. is Johnny Utah okay. from Point Break. Okay. He won the 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 Rose Bowl, but then he hurt his knee. Okay. Shane Falco and the replacements dumped the Sugar Bowl. Okay, but there are Ohio State quarterbacks who played in bowl games. The other one, my, maybe my favorite. I think this is my very favorite one. Is that Kevin Spacey is the subject of a police sketch artist? In two movies. That's in seven and usual suspects. He is drawn 
by somebody. And first of all, as I've said, I would have both of those hanging in my bathroom oh, yeah. or something like framed that. Framed by, f- framed side by side. And the other thing that if you see the two pictures and, and dig them up on YouTube, if you don't believe me, but you'll see, I'm not trying to be too critical, but I will say that the usual suspects one mm. is far superior to the one in seven. Now, well, that's somebody, the idea. That's no, the plot. I don't care. In seven, they can't get a good look at him. He's a I mystery. don't care. It's okay. inexcusable. The police sketch artist did shoddy work and should be ashamed of him or herself when compared to the work of his of his peer, okay. his so-called peer, and usual suspects. He's, oh, you didn't get a good look. It was raining and everything. So what? The other person in usual suspects was depicting somebody delivered by in, in Russian. He didn't. It was through a translator. That's true. He's trying to accommodate the distri- was it Hungarian or something. Whatever or it was, it was impressive. <laughs> so we have some more for you. Ever Bald and since- I like to go over these. And here's a new one to add to our list, mm-hmm. our pantheon of, of actor redundancies. Ben Affleck, director of a movie, Gone Baby Gone. His brother, right. Casey, right. is the star of Gone Baby Gone. Ben Affleck is now in a movie called Gone Girl. That's all you got? I mean, that's, that's great. I thought that was in a weird one. Well, I just thought of it last night. I do love the idea that they're- Gone there Baby Gone and Gone Girl? who have wild co- coincidences across movies that have nothing to do with each other. They're not sequels, obviously. These are just coincidences that have nothing right. to do with each other. These weren't written for them, probably. They just happened to be interesting coincidences. Ever since you put this, this little bug in my head many years ago, I've been thinking- I have another bug in my head. I've been thinking about it ever since, and I've been writing them down ever since, and uh, I have a list of my own. Perfect. You want to hear something? So we've replaced – see, this is positive work. We've replaced the tumor in your head with yeah. a bug in your head about this hokum. Exactly. Talk, talk about worrying about small things. All right. <laughs> let's hear it. Okay. And number one, Reese Witherspoon gets dumped by her boyfriend in a crowded restaurant in two movies and makes a scene both times by crying. <laughs> and Legally Blonde and American Psycho. That's oddly specific. Black tie, if you want to jump in, feel free to do so, pal. You got anything to add here? No, you didn't, you didn't he see took his any headset of those. off. <laughs> Just like the rest of America. Continue, heaven forbid. John Cusack breaks up with a girlfriend and speaks about it to no one uh, in one movie, a tape recorder, and another movie directed to the audience, while sitting in the rain in two movies. Say anything. Wow. With high fidelity. He also has sex with said girlfriend in the back of the car in both movies. Whoa. Pretty heavy. Continue. Uh, Michael Fassbender, a hot young actor right now, speaks German and English and shoots Nazis in the same scene in two movies, X-Men First Class and Inglorious Bastards. Whoa. Black tie. How can you be blown away by these? This is awesome. Talk about ty- uh, typecasting. William, speaking of typecasting, classic uh, uh, jerk William Atherton from the 80s. Well, he was, uh, his character's name, William Atherton's Oh, yeah, you name, have to look up William Atherton to see who he is. You'll know him for sure because yes. he was in Die Hard. He's in Richard Always Thornburg. plays the creep, yeah. right. Uh, his character's name is mockingly turned into a euphemism for a penis in two movies, Ghostbusters. He's Walter Peck, but Bill Murray calls him Pecker. And Die Hard 2, he's Richard Thornburg, but Bonnie Bedelia calls him Dick. Wow, black tie. This is what, yeah, that's right. Your mind is blown. Don't mock. That's impressive. You'll appreciate this. Do you see what you, can, what you can come up with if you just see movies? Brad Pitt is in two movies where his character is in a mid-air disaster where passengers get sucked out of a massive hole in the plane. World War Z uh-huh. and Fight Club. Whoa, I love it. In Wedding Crashers, a kid orders Vince Vaughn to make a balloon animal and calls him a clown. Just make a clown. In old school, Vince Vaughn dresses up at a clown at a kid's party. (laughs) 
A stranger, speaking of uh, uh, Cone Brothers, a stranger chokes Steve Buscemi from behind with a foreign object, a belt in Fargo, and nunchucks in Ghost World. Wow. Think about that. How about, here's one for you. William Daniels from uh, St. Elsewhere. Okay. The, the curmudgeon doctor, the salt and pepper mustache, and then he's Mr. Feeney in Boy Meets World. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He is in, he plays John Adams in one movie, then plays John Quincy Adams in another movie, or maybe Whoa. TV show, I'm not or sure. Or a TV movie, movie or something like that. Might have that, yeah. yeah. John Adams, then John Quincy Adams, Mr. Feeney, the principal of the school. No. It's uh, John Adams High. No, that's yeah. great. That's, I mean, that's pretty trippy. Tom Hanks plays a man washed ashore on a beach in two films, Cast Away and uh, Splash. And if you, and if, you count oh, yeah. sa- if you count Saving Private Ryan, three films. Oh, yeah, we count that one for sure. You know, here's another one with Tom Hanks. He pees in a lot of movies. Does he? Yeah. I guess he does. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, right off the, uh, uh, out of my head is, uh, is Green Mile. But somebody yeah, told me that peeing. there are several movies in which he, act- well, uh, um, he pees in, uh, in Cast Away. Yes, he does. Uh, oh, so you know Philip Baker Hall from um, sure. Magnolia and uh, Boogie Nights and uh, character actor. He plays hard, this is, hard Eight. Speaking of Hard Eight, this is an odd one. He plays a man named Sidney who lives in Las Vegas in two films, Hard Eight and uh, Midnight Run. He's the assistant to Dennis Farina. His name is Sidney. Unbelievable. So weird. Black tie. Have you seen any of the movies that we've named here? He's I have. I got to throw in one, though. Yeah. Have you seen Castaway? No, I didn't see Castaway. Ah, that would have been a great one. It, does, it violates in. none of your rules, though. <laughs> and I know, but I, it's I, like I don't a night. It's like a year right. two thousand movie. It doesn't have Tom Cruise in it. Uh, it doesn't have Mel Agreed. Gibson in it. Agreed. It's not a sports movie. Agreed. It violates nothing, and yet you didn't see it. Um, yeah, I can't see every movie. Chef. <laughs> <You Either>. Obviously, <laughs> um, no, you I want to hear yours. I want to hear yours, Black Tie. Um, Airframe. Khan, who's in Amazing Spider-Man and Life of Pi, he uh, acted alongside a character named Richard Parker. That oh! is exactly right. I did. I, I think I, I tweeted that one in to Spider-Man, you. In Spider-Man, he is exactly uh, right. Peter Parker's dad, and obviously Richard Parker is the name of the nice. tiger in Life of, Life of Pi. Life of Pi, the kid who is depicted throughout the picture, the narrator, essentially, the, the adult version of him in, in present day, that guy... Yes, who the narrator? His t- that guy is also in the newest in the in the more recent mm-hmm. the first the Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, Richard Parker is the tiger, and yep. and I don't remember what Richard Parker. Richard Parker is Doctor Richard. Oh, Peter, Peter Parker. Parker's yeah. Father, yeah, yeah, that's an awesome one. Speaking of what we're doing right now, John Travolta plays a man who gets ambushed in a radio interview in two films by a surprise caller in two films in uh, Civil Action and Primary Colors when you're playing the Bill Clinton character I love it and I want you to stop there okay because I want because now this is this is enough here I want to keep doing this and you I don't want to spoil do it at all yeah I don't want to spoil all of these good because I have okay good because I'll come back and we'll do this some other time because I have three three instances where it happens in three films Give us one now you got oh, really you want to hear yeah, one yeah yeah alright this is the most obvious let's do it as a trivia question though See if you say, like, what three movies were these? Okay. I'll do the one that was tweeted to me because this wasn't my own idea. Bruce Willis, a great one. Bruce Willis time travels and encounters his younger self 
in three films. What? I got one. I know the one with, uh, with you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, yeah that's a great picture, Looper. I, I loved it. That was my favorite movie that year. Is that right? I Looper's, love that movie. Looper's dynamite. Joseph does a great job of mimicking Bruce Willis. He does. It's pretty awesome. But oh. but semi subtly, it's not like no, exactly. It's not over the top. He's his his himself. It's not Travolta doing his Nick Cage impression mm-hmm. yeah. to Nick Cage in, and in it's, Face it's, Off. He's not right. made to totally look like Bruce Willis. He's just his himself. A little but he bit, does a but great yeah. job. They um, make him up a little bit. Yeah, they, they do, do his but he's not like, whatever, yeah, but yeah. like carbon copy or anything. That's a good time travel thing. Uh, it's Looper, so yeah. So, so wait, time two. travels? Are, is it a trivia question, or are we going to answer Fifth it? Element? No. I'm just trying to think of what where sci-fi even comes into play in Bruce Willis. There's one movie. that was a bigger hit and one that's, I wouldn't call it obscure, but it wasn't a big hit. Hmm. Um, I guess I don't know my Bruce Willis movies after Die Hard Think about well. 1995 for one of them, uh, directed by Terry Gilliam. A Terry Gilliam picture. I should know. Oh, uh, uh, what's it called? Monkey. Yeah, uh, Twelve Monkeys. 12 he goes monkeys. back in time. He's his younger self in the airport. In the airport. Wow. He witnesses his own murder. Spoiler alert. I man, I haven't seen that. In a <laughs> I long probably should probably, probably cut that out. Black tie. Yeah, he's he's vigilant about this. What uh, what what's the other one? The other one is a Disney movie called The Kid. Oh yeah, which I've not seen, but I looked it up later, and he does in fact encounter. That's himself. very similar to a movie idea that I've uh, been uh, knocking around for a while. The kid, mine, mine is. Uh, but speaking of which, I believe Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in a movie in his earlier days with Bruce Willis. Maybe it was the kid. I don't know this for a fact. I've not I, seen the kid. That would be also freaky. Isn't that crazy? So anyway, I love this game. I have game. two more examples of three, but we can save that for next time because I, lo- I love it. doing Let's this. Give me one more. Give me one more. You want more? I'm I want enough. one more. I can't help it. I love I, – I, I could uh, – it's, it's, okay, it's, uh, it's the popcorn in the bowl at the bar. I can, I'll never stop. This is, you, want, you want an example of two or you want an example of three? Give me a three. Okay. Michael Ironside. You know who I'm talking about. Sure, Bald guy, tough guy, Canadian actor, great he's actor. In, uh, he's in um, the one and only um, – the uh, um, what's that? The scanners. Uh, don't be wise. You're going to take me out of my, my game. It probably is Total Recall, right? And um, I bet you it is Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah, he's the in both of those films and in The Machinist. No hand. Michael Ironside loses his left arm in three movies. What? He loses the same arm <laughs> in Total Recall. Technically, it's both arms, but he loses his left arm. <laughs> and the Machinist and uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers is a dandy. If you it's haven't a hell seen of a it, film. it's one of the it's one of the best, funniest. People laugh at that movie, but don't understand that it's intentionally so. It's, oh yeah. It's in, but I feel like my hypothesis it's rich is satire. Yes, but I believe that uh, who's the director? Jan de Bond. No, no, no. no that's uh, um, uh, it's a uh, Ver. No, it's the guy who did a uh, Recall. It's a total Recall. It's uh, yeah, Verhoeven. 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 Right. Uh, not Vermeer, the uh, <laughs> Tim Danish Vermeer? Or yeah, no, it's, uh, yes, uh, it's uh, a painter. Um, the thing I think with that, same thing as the Flash Gordon movie from 1981, I think that everybody there was in on the fact that they were doing some stuff tongue-in-cheek sure. and satirical stuff. Oh, yeah. Except for the two leads. <laughs> except for Casarandine Dean and uh, what's-her-face? I, I, I really do. I think they say, like, this is serious and we need your yeah. best because they wouldn't be able to handle yeah. They're not smart enough. They're not good enough actors to, play it straight. to execute that. So pl- this is serious but stuff. But Neil Patrick Harris knew. Neil Patrick Harris was in on the yeah. joke. Right, yes. Starship that. Troopers is a good one. That's great. That's a great list and only the tip of the iceberg for Bald Brian. Um, we'll continue with our actor redundancy. Tweet them have to them. us. Tweet, tweet, tweet them, them to us. us. Should we give it? Uh, yeah, uh, actor redundancy is yeah. that 
actor redundancy. Oh, like a hashtag you're talking about yeah. now? Yeah, hashtag. Yeah, sure. Or, or hashtag DDFP will work as well, and we'll find them that way. And speaking of that, we got to get – we didn't even have time. This was such a chock-full podcast that uh, we didn't get to at Dave Stanley IFC's or LFC's question – Greatest sandwich of all time. Whew, that's a whole show. That might be a whole week of shows. Um, in the meantime, though, thanks to uh, Malcolm Jenkins, the newest uh, member of the Philadelphia Eagles, a delightful fella, I say, and uh, and our pal Bald Brian, Shrinkage, Manhood, Marriage, and the Tumor that Tried to Kill Me. And you can find that. It's uh, Brian Bishop. And you can find that on Amazon, right? Yeah, and pretty much anywhere. All the, all the big places. All right. We wish you the best with that, Bald Brian. And uh, continue, more importantly, continued good health, man. Thank and you, my uh, friend. we'll look forward to seeing you either here in 66 or I'll see you over at the Adam Carolla podcast sometime soon. But uh, either way, thanks for coming in here. My pleasure. All right. He's having a better off season than Alden Smith is. That much <laughs> is for sure. All right. So we've got a second podcast coming at you later in the week. Do we know what's going on with that one yet, Black Tie? It's in the works. It's in the works. Yeah. Okay. It's in the works. Maybe we'll lay out another interview from uh, the honors red carpet. All right. Yeah. All right. And in we the meantime, a- you can look at all of those uh, at NFL.com slash shooting the shack. Also up on NFL.com at some point soon is the interview I did at the MTV Movie Awards with uh, Shady McCoy. Right, Black Tie? That's going up at some point? That is up right now. So. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So you can look at that. Your one. interview with Shady McCoy, you, interview with, you had an interview with Grumpy Cat. Oh, yeah, was Grumpy Cat. I didn't know people, what that was about. People said that was uh, some of your best work. Wow. Yeah. All right. Biggest, See? you know, most high-profile guest you've had in a while. So. Wow. Terrific. It was a big star at the awards show. Big star. Yeah, well, that is true. I had no idea who he was, but, uh, yes, there was quite a following for him. All right, well, listen. Again, Malcolm Jenkins, Adrian Peterson, Black Tie, and Bald Brian Bishop. And, again, I'm going to say it one more time. Shrinkage. Manhood marriage and the tumor that tried to kill me. Go and buy it. It sounds like a dandy based on uh, the description there. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.